As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. We're coming to you from the Vivid Seats studio. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, my partner in crime, you know him, you love him, as the lead writer for Heavy.com covering the NFL. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, this is the first, I guess we can call it a victory Monday, we've been able to kind of celebrate since this season started. How are you feeling today? I'm, I'm, I reflect the fan base. I think a lot of us, or a lot of Broncos fans, I should say they kind of exhaled after the first victory, got the monkey off their backs. But they realize this team still has some fatal flaws. They have a lot of work they have to do. But it's always nice to have that victory Monday. Literally feels dating back to last season like we haven't had it in years, Chad, You know, based on the Broncos winning streak. It goes back to 2018. So it's nice for the team. Uh, like we talked about yesterday, hard-fought victory. Well-deserved, but they have to have a short memory now. You're ready for a tough game against the Titans. Yeah, dude, the last win, we're talking about the 157-yard rushing performance, two touchdowns of Phillip Lindsay in Cincinnati. That's the last time we've been able to celebrate a regular season win before yesterday. So, Feels like eons ago, doesn't it? It really does. It really does. And you talk about exhaling. I want to I wanna read an interesting quote from Flacco. Immediately following the game, Joe Flacco said, quote, Well, it took all the way till the end to exhale, but it's always big. When you have a lot of young guys and you have some new faces – it's big to get these wins and start to feel some juice. We've been in a lot of games, but just haven't been able to pull it off. It's just one of those things where if that continues to happen, then it's just obviously not as easy to have that confidence that you should. We got the first one. Now, if we can start stacking some, I think guys now at least believe. We've all seen it. We've all witnessed it. We've all been through it. We can do it. So it's definitely a little bit of added confidence that comes along with wins. Close quote. So, Zach, to me, that's him saying, look, you know, we got that win. 
We've seen it happen in the NFL before where teams turn it around, start stacking wins, and this is the type of confidence boost our team needed to believe we can turn that ship around. Yeah, and that's what we were talking about a couple weeks ago going into the Jaguars game. If they can just reel off a, a streak of victories here, it can boost them and propel them into the second half of the season. And as we saw on, on Sunday night, Chad, the Chiefs went down to a Colts team at home. Anything can happen, but it all starts with the Broncos and starting in-house and getting that confidence back and playing good uh, complimentary football. This was a good victory against a good team on the road. But it's not the end-all, be-all. They still have to do some work, and they still have to get ready for the Titans team. But if they can just rattle off these victories now, going into the second half of the season, it might not be a playoff berth, but they can come together and play uh, at least uh, competent football for all four quarters. They can show some improvement and development for 2020. Uh, That's an encouraging sign, considering how the season started. No doubt. And speaking of the Titans, we are hoping to be able to have a credentialed Titans journalist to talk to for you guys on Thursday's episode Not quite able to confirm that yet, but we have something in the works. Hopefully we'll be able to report some good news on that side of things. Come uh, Thursday, you'll you'll have a nice little Behind Enemy Lines podcast to listen to, previewing that Titans game. And Zach, we do have a lot to get to in today's Aftermath episode on a victory Monday for the Denver Broncos. Of course, we're recording this on a Monday, the listeners grabbing this on Tuesday. We got some uh, great topics to dive into, a lot to analyze based on what Vic Fangio had to say on Monday. First, though, a couple of quick matters of business. We tweeted this out immediately following our simulcast live session on YouTube, but we wanted to give some some love especially to those awesome listeners in Broncos country who, during our simulcast live on YouTube, contributed some dollars through the Super Chat to the Huddle Up podcast, and Zach and I just wanted to express our appreciation to all those who have done it up to this point in the season. On Sunday, it was Zero Fox Given. Miss Christie contributed a big amount. You guys can check that out on Twitter. And Elliot Franco, all you guys, we really appreciate that. It uh, goes a long way. I mean, we can stretch that buck. It helps keep the show going, helps feed Zach, myself, helps feed Carl, Nick, all the guys. So we appreciate you guys supporting us on that. And also, reminder to everybody, and we got, we're going to announce the winner right now. Go to Apple Podcasts and leave your creative review and a five-star rating if you like what we're doing here. And that enters you automatically into our giveaway of some swag that we do each and every month. Zach, we have a a winner to announce from September. And that winner is Engineer Broad is the handle on Apple Podcasts. Simply put, Engineer Broad said, quote, Great Broncos podcast. Love this podcast. Informative exclamation point with five-star rating. So Engineer Broad, if you're listening to this particular episode, and we'll uh, also tweet it out just to ensure you don't miss this. Email us at milehighhuddle at gmail.com with your personal deets, your address, your real name and address, and we will ship you out some swag. So appreciate that, Zach. Great, great uh, five-star review there. It was, and we appreciate every single person's review, every penny that a person wants to donate. We'll never ask for donations, but it's certainly appreciated. It helps us uh, keep the show alive and keep it going, but we do it out of the, the goodness of Broncos country and the goodness out of our hearts. We love bringing it to you guys, and we love the reviews that come in. We read every single word, and it really means the world to us. So uh, keep it coming, and uh, we do appreciate it. A phenomenal win for the Denver Broncos on Sunday, beating the Chargers in L.A. for the second year in a row. Phenomenal. And they also covered. You guys, if you've missed out on any of the fun, there is still plenty of time left for you to get in on the action with my bookie. Of course, we got the Broncos-Titans this week, but how about an in-game wager or some player props? 
Do you still think the AFC West might be in play with the Chiefs losing and the Raiders winning and the Chargers losing and the Broncos winning? You guys, go get great odds on that too. That just scratches the surface though. I mean, we have teamed up with my bookie this October to give you this great offer. Here it is. Ready? Sign up at mybookie.ag, use promo code OVERTIME, and they will match your first deposit. Again, promo code OVERTIME, and new users, you get your first deposit doubled. mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, Zach, let's uh, dive into a couple of the, I think the first matter of business we should touch on just real quick is a recap of the injury situation. So Devontae Bosby, of course, uh, a casualty of some friendly fire. Alexander Johnson bashed into him, I think it was about 12 defensive snaps into the game on Sunday versus the Chargers, and it was kind of a scary neck head deal where he had to be carted off on the stretcher, taken to the hospital. The good news is he was able to be released from the hospital and fly home with the team back to Denver. And then we found out on Monday that it is a cervical sprain. And all Fangio had to say basically was that the coming days will kind of tell the tale in terms of how quickly what he feels like in the next couple of days could be something that ends up actually costing him the season. He, you know, that's a possibility, but more realistic, Zach, is probably he misses a couple of games. So, and then the flip side to that is Justin Hollins on a non-contact play suffered a knee sprain. So he's week to week, according to Fangio. How do you think the Broncos now that's two hits to the outside linebacker depth chart in uh, successive weeks, those two injuries, how does it affect this team moving forward? As long as you have Von Miller playing like more of Von Miller lately, you have Malik Reed showing out. I think they can get by outside linebacker. I liked what Hollins was doing, but he was struggling at times inside and outside. So um, it's not a, a devastating loss for this defense. But I think the starters they have right there, 
uh, up front in the first and second strings. They can get by with them. I feel like it's on Fangio now more to maybe bring more creative blitz schemes to this defense, maybe blitz some nickel corners, maybe blitz some safeties, do some stunts. He's going to have to get creative because this defense is dropping like flies. They can't escape injury. I just want to say about Bosby, I'm happy that he has ex- movement all his extremities, that it wasn't worse. And uh, for Hollins, too, a non-contact injury, that's usually a season-ending injury. It's usually a torn ACL, torn Achilles. So the fact that it was a sprain, it's fortunate news for him and also the Broncos' defense. I just got to say that when it comes to Hollins, I love his athleticism, his freakish size. He's got some some really interesting traits. However, since the regular season started, he has been basically a non-factor. And when he's played off-ball linebacker, in fact, he's been a liability. He's He's been better, more of an impact player when he's – played outside linebacker, which is what he was doing on Sunday when he suffered that injury. But, hey, at least you have Malik Reed showing out. And the Broncos, of course, just signed Jerry Atachu. So there are some options, some depth there, but they are they are uh, depleted. However, Zach, upon the second viewing, I went back and watched the game. We don't have the coaches film yet as of the time of, of recording this episode. But I did go back and rewatch the game with a different, you know, because when you're watching it live on the first viewing and the game's going uh, in the moment, just like any, you're mostly following the ball. You're following what's happening. But on the second viewing, you can take some time and kind of spotlight different players and see who's doing what. One of the things that jumped out to me from a 10,000 feet perspective, Zach, is Fangio actually dialed up a lot of blitzes in that game and it worked. Now, the Broncos weren't able to sack Phillip Rivers. However, they consistently harassed him and pressured him. The interception that uh, Simmons had, Justin Simmons, that was a direct result of the pressure the Broncos were able to bring. Von Miller especially turning the corner and, and creeping on Phillip Rivers caused him to get rid of it early and inaccurately high over the head of the receiver and into the arms of Justin Simmons. So that's encouraging, Zach, because those first three weeks especially, I mean, it was painful at times watching Fangio basically just call coverage on third down and Von Miller and opposing teams, I should say, were just able to take Von Miller and Bradley Chubb out by double teaming them, chipping them, and it's good to see that he's finally adjusted to that, and it's working. That's the good news. Yeah, it's no coincidence as to why the Broncos finally got a takeaway yesterday and Von Miller was getting consistent pressure. Even if he didn't sack the quarterback, he got in the backfield a lot uh, in harassing Phillip Rivers. And that's because Fangio, like you said, Chad, through the kitchen sink, he had more uh, creative upfront looks. He, he moved and disguised some some schemes and some formations around. And that's what I thought we were going to get in Fangio from day one. But like we talked about on the pod yesterday, the coaching took a little while. They were uh, a little too green, a little too nervous. They The game wasn't slowing down enough for them. But the last couple weeks, I think, especially yesterday or Sunday, uh, the game is finally moving a little slower now. They're starting to get their bearings and figure out what works for this team. We talked about Skankarello on offense. Now Vic Fangio on defense. We've wanted him to show more blitzes. He did yesterday, and like you said, it, it worked with success. As long as he keeps doing that, I think he can keep mitigating these injuries is the secondary to outside linebacker. Let's talk about the aftermath and the implications of the gems the Broncos uncovered in week five on the defensive side of the ball. We talked quite a bit about it during the gut reaction podcast immediately following the game, but Alexander Johnson turns out he comes out of that game with the highest individual grade from pro football focus of any Bronco in 2019 so far, 91 point something or other. I don't have it right in front of me. I wrote about it earlier today, but the highest grade, nine tackles, two passes defensed, uh, the interception, he saved. He basically saved two drives from two Chargers drives from 
ending in points. One, of course, he tackles Austin Eckler on the goal line, saving a touchdown. The very next play, they go the opposite way on a swing pass, and Kareem Jackson forces that fumble out of bounds, end of the first half. And then, of course, the interception in the end zone. He was phenomenal. You could tell Fangio was tickled pink about the emergence of Alexander Johnson. And even I thought this was interesting, Zach. After the game, John Elway enters the locker room, exuberant to present as GM and president of football operations, Vic Fangio with the game ball of his first ever win as a head coach in the league. Fangio immediately takes the ball, accepts it, hollers, where's AJ? Where's AJ? Finds AJ, gives him the ball. That was pretty cool to see. It was, and it's it's more interesting to me because he he preceded Fangio. He was before his time here. He, he Fangio has no loyalty to Johnson. That was the previous regime. And for Fangio to take to him like that, and we, we know how we, he came in here, he started kind of having an adversarial attitude toward players that he didn't get to hand groom or hand pick like Von Miller. But uh, it was not the case here. And I think A.J. Johnson, Alexander Johnson, played a hell of a game yesterday. And based on Fangio's reaction, we all know he doesn't dole out compliments. He doesn't show much emotion. But for him to do that, chat and give the game ball, that would say to me that Johnson has a starting spot locked up and it's not going to change anytime soon. Great segue, because later in that conversation at the podium, Fangio was asked whether he would like to keep Mike Purcell, who was the other gem the Broncos uncovered, and Alexander Johnson in the lineup after their start, their performances on Sunday, the starting lineup. Quote, yes, they both played well enough to continue. Closed quote. So the implications there are not good for Adam Gotsis because Shelby Harris, when the Broncos put Mike Purcell in the starting lineup, he played the nose allowed uh, Harris to kick back out to defensive end where he's more naturally suited the results spoke for themselves there. Adam Gotsis didn't dress. Now, that doesn't mean he's not going to dress going forward. As Fangio said on Monday, we're going to take that on a game-to-game basis. You know, and some weeks it might be Gotsis who sits. Some weeks it might be Draymond Jones who blocked a field goal in Week 5. It might be Demarcus Walker who's really had a lot of momentum. At this stage, I think clearly, though, Zach, the implication here is that you look at that 269 yards the Broncos gave up on the ground in Week 4 to Jacksonville. I don't think... They were happy with the performance of Adam Gotsis. wasn't just a matter of a couple of pieces needing to be moved, meaning Harris out to defensive end and Purcell into to nose tackle. Yes, that needed to be done, but I don't. I think that they were very unhappy with what Adam Gotsis, how he was executing, and that sent a message. We'll see how he responds, and then also Josie Jewell. I mean, they say in the NFL, you know, you're not supposed to lose a starting job to the injury bug. They say that. Well, guess what? It happens every day. It happens every week in the NFL, and it just happened before your very eyes. The key here will be, can Alexander Johnson, I mean, he looked like he captured lightning in a bottle. Can he sustain it? And Zach, before we started podcasting today, right before we hit the record button, you had an interesting comment, which has been, I think, on the minds of a lot of people. Why was Corey Nelson being played so much to start this season? Mm. And when you had Alexander Johnson, who'd been under Fangio's wing since January, through all the meetings, through all the OTAs, through training camp, through the preseason, he's been chilling. Look at the impact player he clearly revealed himself to be. What gives? Why did they wait so long to get him on the field? I want to read to you this quote. He says, and then I'm going to serve this over to you, Zach, quote, he's a young guy who needs to master his craft a little bit better, meaning assignment-wise and details, but... I always knew he was going to eventually get in there somehow, some way, because he does have talent. 
The worst thing you can sometimes do with a guy like that is get him in there too early for a lot of reasons. One, he might not be ready, and he might think that he's made it. He needed to earn some stripes on the special teams and improve there. I had a feeling he would go in and play well yesterday. Now, was he perfect? You saw a lot of of good plays, but the plays you didn't notice, there were some accidents ready to happen that didn't get exploited, and he needs to clean those up. That's part of the reason, not the only reason, that he hadn't played much earlier. Close quote. Your thoughts on that? I mean, I can't fault Fangio for waiting this long because he, he had his starting players in place. I don't really buy that answer too much, though. I feel like if the Broncos weren't 0-4, they wouldn't have made these changes. Then on the flip side, if they would have won a couple games, would they have made these changes at all? So that's where I start to question Fangio's scouting ability and seeing these players. Purcell was a giant upgrade on Adam Gotsis. Alexander Johnson was a massive upgrade on even Todd Davis, all the Broncos inside linebackers. I Like you brought up, I question why it took so long, but... As a rookie head coach who we talked about is still finding his bearings, I'm not going to kill him for that. I will say, Gossis is the definition of a jag, though, Chad. I mean, he does nothing overly well. Last year, he was good in run support, but this year, that kind of went away. Purcell comes in. It's just a different energy. It's like having Domata Peko back on the field. You have that leader in the front seven. You have that that heart and that teeth of that front seven, and that's what they've missed. They don't have that in Gossis. They don't have that in Shelby Harris. Now, Purcell brings that to the table, and it's no surprise. That's why they were much better on the ground yesterday against a very good running back. I want to see these players still do it consistently. I'm not ready to crown them Hall of famers after one week but getting these players in the lineup I think it brought a huge infusion of energy and intensity and passion and it came out in their final result yeah and I even said this before Fangio took to the podium about lunchtime on Monday I responded to a tweet and the question came up is he starter status now like does was that enough to just put him over the top and I said you know I'd like to see one more game of him performing at a similar level before I cement him as a starter the Broncos, however, I mean, we'll see how it plays out based on what Fangio said, though, on Monday. Sounds like they've already decided, look, he's going to be our starter next to Todd Davis, Josie Jewell. I mean, the silver lining there is at least that gives Jewell real window without pressure to fully get healed up. Right, and it all kind of bumps them down. The Broncos, to me, don't have a true um, ILB1, a, a standout inside linebacker starter. They have players they're kind of just getting by with, including Todd Davis. So to have a third option to the table takes collective pressure away from Davis, away from Jewel, and away from Fangio. He can just scheme around uh, different opponents now, different game flow, and use the players where he sees fit. There's nothing bad about Alexander Johnson coming out and pushing for starters reps. It only makes the Broncos' defense as a whole uh, that much more formal. All right, we still have a couple of topics we want to touch on before we get out of here for today. But first, a quick break. We'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. 
tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, Zach, I wanted to touch on, you know, you, you mentioned earlier in our conversation here today that Fangio at times has almost taken on a kind of adversarial tone with certain players. You know, he's he doesn't give a lot of compliments, and when he does, he usually couches those compliments with some form of constructive criticism. And I don't know, you know, we've talked about this also before. We don't know if he's from the old school, you know, psych- psychology school of Bill Parcells, in which he's, you know, playing a long game. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's, he's trying to get the best out of players. Or if it's just a guy kind of bumbling and figuring out his way as the true leader of, of a team at the coaching level. But I wanted to get your take on what he had to say about Von Miller on Monday. And by the way, Cliss reported on Monday that the Broncos absolutely are not considering trading Von Miller this year. Chris Harris, Sanders, not necessarily a no right now. They're saying no. If the Broncos continue to lose through the next three games, or not continue, but if they lose the next three games or continue their, let's say, inconsistencies, maybe it's a conversation for those two. Von Miller, off the table. But here's what he said, quote, regarding Von Miller Fangio, quote, he was close a few times regarding his, his pass rush. I thought his rush was okay. I think he's capable of better, but he was coming free some and did well. But he was coming free some, excuse me, and did help the pass defense in that way. Run defense was up and down a little bit, and he made some good plays. A lot of stuff was away from him. It was kind of uneventful, close quote. (laughs) If you're Von Miller, you don't want your head coach and your defense coordinator using the word uneventful in the same sentence as your (laughs) name, right? I mean, at some point, I think, you know, Von Miller has remained steadfast in, in his talking point that he loves playing for Vic Fangio so far. He loves the system. He's bought in. We haven't heard grumblings other than his 13-second press conference the other day, you know, a week and a half ago. Von Miller has not intimated any kind of, you know, uh, being unhappy with what's happening. But at the same time, I think it's Fangio, it's it's nearing the point where he needs to start throwing some sunshine Von Miller's way just by means of appreciation, just to kind of let him know, hey, man, I really appreciate what you're doing. Yeah, the the tough love approach, it works with some players. I don't think Von Miller needed that approach. I don't think he responds to that approach. If I had to guess, and this is purely for my gut, Von is going to play this season out. He's not going to make a peep about it. It's just not his character. It's not the type of person that he is. I don't see him being overly happy, though, thrilled with the situation. Being on a uh, a basement dweller team or in a best case scenario, a rebuilding team. And then, you know, going through a new coaching staff, going through a new transition now and having your new coach take a combative stance against you the entire season or off season too. And when you finally get going as Von Miller has last couple weeks, he's still taking that tough love approach. So, um, I can't see Vaughn, you know, having rainbows and sunshines it, it, thoughts about the Broncos at this point. I don't think he's going to make any waves. I don't think he's going to get traded. Uh, but next offseason, when the season ends, I think he's going to sit down and think to himself what he wants to do entering the back nine of his career going into his 30s. New contract coming up in a few years. Lots of decisions to make. A lot of uncertainty. I don't think right now he wants to be a part of the long-term plan in Denver. That spans, you know, five, ten years. I mean, I think it all comes down to what kind of hay the Broncos are able to make this year. You know, because I think the only way Von Miller does not play out the entirety of his contract that goes through 2021 is if he himself decides he wants out of Denver. Meaning that after this season, let's say things don't necessarily go the way the Broncos are hoping, that this wasn't a watershed turnaround moment, and, you know, it's another 6-10 and 10 type of season. 
I could see, I shouldn't say I could see, the only way I could see him leaving Denver, the Broncos considering trading him next year, is if he goes to the front office or even some kind of a passive-aggressive play through his agent in, in the court of public opinion and makes it known that this time has come. He wants out. I don't necessarily think that's going to happen because Miller is a he's a future Hall of Famer. He's a all-time Bronco through and through. It would take a lot, I think, for that to – I think in order for that to happen, honestly, Zach, I think this would be what happened in the first quarter of this season, the 0-4, the depredations, the depths that it felt like this team was in at times – that would have to pop back up and kind of be the theme throughout the whole season where it's clear this team is so far away from being anything competitive that he just loses all hope. We've heard him talk about before that you know he's in his prime, intimating that the Broncos are wasting his prime with all these different decisions that haven't worked out at the coaching level, the quarterback level, et cetera. That's really the only thing I could see is Von Miller coming to John Elway and saying, look, it's been a great run. Appreciate everything y'all did for me, but I want out and use a power play to try and force his way out of Denver. But I don't really see that happening. Do you? No, and that's what I was going to say. That he's not going to do it publicly. He's going to do it privately. And I think if he marched into Elway's office and said, listen, I'm not, I'm not playing a down of football for you ever again. You either trade me or I'm sitting out. Elway, I think, considering the headaches that he dealt with in the past with Von Miller and the, the contractual disputes – I don't think it would take much if he can find a trade partner to pull the trigger. But just getting to that point, Vaughn would have to raise a sting. Vaughn would have to want out of Denver. We don't know any of those things as fact. We're just speculating right now. And until that comes to light a little more, we have to assume that he's going to be in a Broncos uniform at least uh, this season and maybe even next season. By the way, I thought it was interesting. I don't know about you, but I'm getting sick of seeing Deontay Spencer return punts from the five-yard line. And get tackled at the 10 and this team starting drives, you know, buried in their own territory. Fangio was asked directly whether he's comfortable with Spencer fielding the ball within the 10 yard line. Quote, no, he's not doing what he's being coached to do there. Close quote. So Tom McMahon, a little bit uh, under the gun, I think, after the Broncos gave up that return touchdown to Desmond King. Deontay Spencer, who's shown some electric ability, like he's definitely the best punt returner the Broncos have had back there since Trendon Holiday, but he still needs to be a little bit better in the decision-making department when he knows he's backed up against the goal line. That doesn't say much, though, about the Broncos' punt returner since Holiday, though. I mean, it's a kind of recency bias there. And McMahon, to me, has no room to talk right now. Beggars can't be choosers. He was under the gun in preseason to open the regular season. He is no established coach. He has his own problems on special teams, too. Uh, Spencer... It's not an exciting returner at all, not an exciting uh, set of moves that he has, but after the last couple years, he has a sure set of hands, and he can get a couple yards and hold on to the ball and give it to the offense. That's the most, I think, any Broncos fan can hope for right now. Last thing I want to touch on, and then we got to get out of here for today, is just kind of the aftermath of the Bosby injury. So the Broncos, obviously, and we talked about this in the gut reaction, Isaac Yadam, again, it's one step forward, two steps back with the penalties. However, we've seen both Duke Dawson and now Devontae Harris. They saw some significant reps on uh, Sunday in week five. And Fangio basically said that, look, the way the reps were being divvied up going into week five, you know, he was he was not so much satisfied, but he, he was okay with the way those two held up considering the limited amount of reps they got because the top three corners obviously being Harris going into last week, Harris, Bosby, and Yadam. Now those guys, though, are going to see an increase, an uptick in snaps, according to Fangio, during practice in preparation for this next game. 
I'm optimistic that we are going to see those two, one of those two guys emerge because Duke Dawson has shown me a lot so far. I love his physicality. You know, we've heard, we've talked a lot about in the past Fangio's, especially the defensive backs, tackling is non-negotiable. Duke Dawson is a guy who has no problem sticking his head in the muss. They just got to be a little bit careful with the grabbing and the, the pass interference. But a lot of those kind of timing, weird things that happened, both of them got a pass interference foul in week five, come with the discernment of playing in live bullet situations. And the more live bullet situations they get under their belt, the more they're going to acclimate and you're not going to see those things happen. Well, let me translate this from Fangio into the common NFL speak. Anyone but Yadam at this point. I, he's by far and away the weakest link in that secondary. You can argue the weakest link on that defense right now. And every player they've played, Bosby, uh, Duke Dawson look better to me than Yadam. I just think he's not taken to this scheme, and he's hurting the defense at this point. I love to see what they have in Harris. Love to see what they have in Duke Dawson. Uh, they invested heavily into the latter. He was a second-round pick of the Patriots. There's obviously potential there. They just have to kind of... Um, you know, curate that at him now and kind of build it out of him and uh, and scheme around his strengths. And I think it's exciting to see someone else in that secondary, some new blood uh, moving around and not having Yadin back there, failing to turn his head, not locating the ball and getting burned in pass coverage. So in my opinion, maybe this extends to what Fangio was saying too. anyone but Yadin. In my opinion, he's a guy that, you know, if things don't work out for him at corner, maybe it's just not his bag at the NFL level. Put him at strong safety, dude. Start getting him some safety reps because he is a physical presence. He tackles. He hits. He is very instinctive in that sense when he's facing the line of scrimmage. Once he gets his back turned and he's running with the receiver, it's yikes territory. However, I could see him, if the Broncos eventually give up on him being a a corner, I could see him being one of those rare, at least for the Broncos anyway, you don't see this happen too often in the annals of the team. I could see him converting to safety and making some hay. I mean, I could see it, but we shouldn't let John Elway draft corners in the third round anymore. You had Langley <laughs> move to receiver. I mean, you have Yadam moving to safety now. Just don't take cornerbacks that high anymore. Just move on and pick a different position. All right, you guys. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode of the Huddle Up Podcast. Thank you for joining us. As always, we will be back on Thursday. And in the meantime, you can look forward to a fresh episode of Building the Broncos on Wednesday. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. You can find my partners at Kelberman on Twitter, at KelbermanNFL. Myself, at Chad and Jensen. Enjoy your week. It's a victory week. The Broncos got their first win. They're 1-4. and four. The confidence is there. The belief is back, according to Flacco. And you can feel the energy starting to shift with this within this team. So we'll see if they're able to harness that and, and capitalize on that in the coming weeks. But... For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We will talk to you on Thursday. You've been listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. 
They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.